Hello and welcome. Hello. Hello, <laughs> hello. hello and welcome. Hello and welcome. <laughs> That's actually my favorite new game with Justin is I'll sit on top of him and I'll be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what are you doing? And I try and speak everything he's about to say. It's really fun and annoying. <laughs> it's both He's fun actually my brother, not my fiance. <laughs> we actually have a brother-sister relationship. It's amazing. And after we're done wrestling, yeah, uh, we give each other noogies. noogies. <laughs> it's beautiful. Then we play video games for the rest of the night. <laughs> Welcome back to Almost 30 oh. Podcast. If you're new, I'm Krista. This is Lindsay. Hello. We started about four years ago. Um, and now we have, you know, Almost 30 as a brand and business. We also help people launch, grow, and monetize their podcast through Podcast Pro. And we do digital events and workshops and all that good stuff. But we're super glad you're here. However you found us, welcome. Welcome. And the community is such a big piece of what we do and what we're inspired by. So we've been doing these Ask Us Anything episodes, which have been so much fun. I love them. You guys have such good questions. <laughs> really good questions. It's amazing. You're the best. I need I need like, to like, call me... one of you to like make me think about my life. I know. Like, once I, that's a why week. I say I'm like, let's get funky on the questions. Get funky. Because they are, always do. So um, <laughs> yes, we're loving the Ask Me Anything um, episodes and we have a few more of those. So if you love this one, you can search with almost 30 and we do episodes Tuesday, Thursday, which are the you best. Know, the best. Tuesdays is a long form interview. Thursday is usually just Krista and I or just one of us on more of a, a solo trip going deep on something that you know is, is just ringing true to us. So hopefully you can relate and you feel supported. And on Sunday, November 15th, we have a workshop with Ngazi and this is going to be all about poetic medicine. So healing through journaling, authenticity, and self-love. She is a self-love coach. She is a writer and poet. And writing is just such a powerful tool. Our words are they cast spells. So I, I'm i really excited about this one. It's a unique workshop. We've never done anything like this before. So join us if you're looking to, you know, just kind of get, get deep and cozy and reflective on a Sunday. I think this is perfect for you. It's super affordable at $44. Um, and she's going to be joining us from London. So it's going to be a blast. Yeah, I love it. I'm excited because it's going to be active. So it's really nice that during these type of workshops, we can use the tools that we're talking about and writing and poetry is such a powerful tool for self-love, self-worth, and transformation, you know, that it really is the foundation for so many things. When we talk about the trauma and we talk about all the work, this is such a great way for us to really get into that. So again, that's going to be on Sunday, November 15th with Ningozi, and it's going to be incredible. Tickets are $44 at almost30.com. Woohoo.com. All right. Shall we? All right. Let's do it. I'm going to close my laptop because I'm not looking at anything. Okay. Me too. Close, close. Close it up. Hello, YouTube. (laughs) These are my boobs without a bra. (laughs) Hello. Ketchup's never, ever wearing bras on YouTube. You guys listened to the episode with... (sighs) Oh, Nadine Artemis. With Nadine Artemis. We talked about not wearing a bra and why you shouldn't wear a bra. Why bras are smoking for your boobs. That's what her words, not ours. <laughs> but lymphatic drainage for lymphatic drainage. So not wearing a bra helps with lymphatic drainage, helps the boobs of your your muscle boobs keep your boobs up and firm. <laughs> your muscle, <laughs> your muscle boobs. The boobs of your boobs with your muscle boobs. Keep your boobs up and stay firm. <laughs> you can turn off your this boob muscles. Now. You can you can turn this off now and, and keep on with your life. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for coming. That's our Ask Me Anything. Do you wear bras? Yes or no? Nope. Keep your muscle boobs. <laughs>
<laughs> no, no. You got to keep those muscle boobs. Keep your muscle boobs up. <laughs> oh, damn. I don't have heavy enough boobs to even like fucking, I don't even I need know. a girdle. <laughs> Keep the muscle boobs. Okay, anyways. Okay. Ooh, that was a good one. Nadine Artemis. Check out that episode. Really good episode. Okay. So okay. let's go to that, some of the questions. Let's do the fun one first. Oh, Q1 is... Actually, you say it because you, you wrote it. Okay. So I got a good one. A great question on my Ask Me Anything question. She said, if you had a nice hunk of sourdough bread, what would be your preferred toppings? <laughs> I love that. I love it. My preferred topping on a piece of sourdough would be, first, I would toast it and then I would put um, a thin layer of butter and then jelly and then peanut butter and then banana and cinnamon. Mm, okay. Sweet. Okay. Sweet. Yep. I would go chunk of sourdough, olive oil, salt, pepper. That's it? That's it. I know. Wow. I I'm, did not expect it's that. It's not as fat as you think. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I just, I love, I love that move. Um, but for that kind of bread, I like a little mm. bit thinner of a bread so mm-hmm. I can get a little bit more butters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just a classic. I'm a classic girl with my sourdough. I wouldn't want avocado. I know you're all thinking that. No, no. I was but, thinking that. Okay, wow, always so surprising. Thanks me. for joining. <laughs> All right. Number two. Ooh, how do you deal with jealousy in relationship? I thought this was a good one. I thought this was a really good one. It's funny because I was with um with my sister and my best friend from growing up today, and we were talking about how we were reminiscing on how in high school and college and after college a little bit, when you'd be in those situations where you'd be fighting with your significant other when they were out without you, or you'd be you know, in these situations where you were jealous, I or you would be, I would be in these situations where I would be jealous all the time mm-hmm. and how freaking exhausting that was. Yeah, it was almost a way to, and I'm, I actually have a different experience, which is equally as exhausting, mm-hmm. but that way it almost keeps you tied to that person. It is like this like electricity mm-hmm. that you're like, where are you? What yes, are you doing? Yes. Communicate with me. Tell yes. me that you're not doing... You know, there's yes. just this... Um, yep. Feed something. Yes. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Would Pod- you have... Codependency. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I remember with Justin, like, I would... I, <laughs> 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 it was like when I first moved to New York, I would be like pissed if he would be looking at someone else. <laughs> he would literally be like, I'm 6'4". I'm like looking... Uh, like I'm looking around. <laughs> and I'd be like, what are you staring at? You're like, wear a bag on your head. Honestly, if there'd be like a hot girl around, I'd be like freaking on edge. <laughs> I'd be on edge and unwell. I'd be like, oh my God, we need to get out of here. We need to hit the road. Someone's here that I don't want to see. And I was just so, it wasn't all the time, but if it was, if I was feeling, because I think us uh, women too, and I will have to say this, like, and I'm not saying this to shit on women or shit on our previous selves, but like we're incredibly intuitive. So, you know, for me, 99% of the time when I'm picking him up, looking at someone else, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true that he was checking someone out. He thought someone else was attractive. It really had to be me coming to terms with like, that is okay. Yeah. And really I've had to liberate myself into feeling like it's okay for me to check out other dudes. Mm. So right now I'm freaking on the prowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like right now it's like I've allowed myself to look at and appreciate good looking men. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't love them. I don't mm-hmm. want to cheat on 
Justin, I just can appreciate them just as they're appreciating other other attractive people. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I would internalize that feeling but never express it, which is literally equally as as draining and, and um, yes. bad because I almost think that that energy of actually saying out loud, like, what yes. are you looking at? Calls it out. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to have, even though it might be dysfunctional, yes. but able to have a conversation. We do that all the time now. I'm like, did you see those boobs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, like for, I think just in my early relationships, it was always internalized of like this crazy comparison yes. of like, am I as thin as she is? Oh my God, she has bigger boobs. Oh my God, she has dark hair and blue eyes. And what does that mm-hmm. mean? Does he like that more than what I, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it was. So I actually wish I like spoke on it more, even if it was like, mm-hmm. but I think now it's interesting because at the beginning of my relationship with Sean, like this last time round, which we're currently in, at the beginning, he had just come out of a relationship and I was, I would have moments where I would, because it was so fresh, his last relationship, I would have those moments of like comparing myself to her. I didn't know her, but like just comparing myself to, you know, them being together for two years. So there's that like foundation of just all these different experiences down to like our bodies. You know what I mean? Like there was just kind of these weird moments. And I guess what I realized is that one, I I started to like, this is so like freaking peacekeeper, but I just started to think of her as like feeling the same way about me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, you know what? Anyone that I'm feeling a little like jealous towards or I'm experiencing jealousy, there is probably an equal emotion that the other person is experiencing. It doesn't necessarily mean it's towards me, but I don't know. I just tried to kind of bring it down to this like base level of like, this is a human experience to be jealous. And Sean definitely like gets jealous at times. And I think there is something to that within a relationship that kind of keeps it like, I don't know kind of interesting. We never have fights about it, but there is like when he says it out loud to me, like you know, he won't say I'm jealous, but he'll just kind of comment on if I look at someone or whatever as like a joke, but I kind of know that it there is some truth there. So it almost like invites a conversation and because we're a little bit older now, I can kind of have a more productive conversation, but mm-hmm. I think speaking to the energy diffuses the energy and makes it not shameful or bad. Yeah. So that's what's really just totally transmute the energy of feeling shameful or bad. that There's someone else that exists in the world that's attractive. Yeah. That's the whole fucking thing. Like, what was I thinking? Like when I, oh my God, dude, when I found, if any of my boyfriends, all of them, if I found out they were watching porn, meltdown. You think someone else is attractive in the world? I literally in my brain would be like unwell. I'm like, oh my God, you think you want a stepsister instead of me. You want, you know, like you want oh, it was steps, it was it, whatever the porn. fuck. It, I'm just, yeah. whatever the fuck it was. I would just be like, you want that instead of me. Like, it's just like, yeah. so I was so narrow-minded to think that they would only think that I 
mm-hmm. was attracted and they would all attractive and they would only be attractive to me. But I completely have been in the situation where I've been in that mindset for years and years and years based on like trust issues and based on like certain situations with men that made me feel uncomfortable with their gaze. And then also being intuitive to the fact that I was picking up to their gaze. But now it's really speaking to that and making a joke about mm-hmm. it. That has been super helpful. Is there, uh, does, does Justin feel anything about the fact that we are online a lot. Mm -hmm. So we're like on, I'm speaking this because I think Jean has sometimes is uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. how much I'm like online and out there. Oh yeah. So sometimes he's with my, he says, he's like, don't, no boobs and butts, no more boobs and butts. Right, right, right. But I don't really even do that. No, he's like, I don't, it's like once a quarter. Yeah. He's like, no more (laughs) boobs and butts. As I said, I'm like, I can do it once a year. And he's like, okay, the year the year's end for you. Cause I did when I was in Cabo. He he's more, he doesn't really care what I do. It's more of the emotional sharing. And some of like if I'm too mm-hmm. openly sharing about things that are personal to him or that he wants to keep personal. But sure. he he definitely gets jealous though, for sure. Mm-hmm. In his own little way. Yeah. That he doesn't say anything to me about. And um, I'm actually thinking about people out there who experience jealousy in different ways in their relationship, like whether it's one person is is finding more success than others, or yes. maybe you have a better relationship with your family than the other person. So it's, very it's like, true. there's other dynamics of jealousy too. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I, I know a dear friend of ours that her fiance is perceived to be more quote unquote successful and she's always feeling less than in that capacity. So I think that definitely works. But speaking to it, diffusing it, not seeing yourself as bad or shameful for feeling it, yeah. I think are the the main things that you can really work with. And there's also, last thing on it is, is like jealousy is what you're experiencing, but like what's underneath it? Yes, of so course. So it's like, is it, is it the, it's usually the fear of something, yes. or like the fear of, you know, not being loved mm-hmm. or someone being leaving abandonment. you. Yeah. yeah. So it, there's usually that second thought, mm-hmm. that second experience. Yeah. Yeah. Also too, you know, maybe there is something that happened in the relationship that led you to not trusting them. And that's really, you know, take repairing trust from infidelity or dishonesty or something. It takes a long time. Yeah. You have to be very patient and you have to be, both of you have to be very, very committed. Mm -hmm. Good question. Thank you for that one. Thank you for that one. Okay. Do you want a light one or a deep one? Let's go light. Okay. Whose style do you pull from? Hmm. <laughs> who who do I pull from or who would I like to pull from? Uh, who do I pull from? <laughs> Fran Drescher. Rosie O'Donnell are some of my f- icons. Fran Drescher or freaking Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> who would you ideally Te- Tezza. like? Tezza. Yeah, I mean. Tezza. We did a podcast with Tezza. Her style is unreal. I like Camila Coelho's style. I love mm. her style. I like um, Song of Style. I think she has incredible mm. style. I mean, dude, when I'm in New York, I am tomboy on a hundred. Yes. So I kind of like those. Like Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> Before I just she got like, canceled. I just love like a streetwear moment. Yes. That's like super comfy, but also fucking head turning. Yes. Um, Super tailored, simple. Yes. That's very you. Yes. I don't know who that is though. Yeah. I also like Asiyami Gold, A-S-I-Y-A-M-I Gold. She is the most beautiful woman and I love her style. She's like this beautiful 
black woman that is just mm. has the best style. She's like someone I really, beautiful. really love. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, but really for style I'm a different inspiration. Person every day, I know. Same. I just kind of I'm inspired by our friends too. A lot of our friends have really beautiful style. Mm-hmm. Aubrey, our friend Aubrey Winters, yes. she inspires me style wise. She always is like she's just experimental. Yes, she'll just take pieces, high, low, whatever, yes. and like layer them in a way. And I'm like, how the I know. Frick did you do that? And I'm like, you're working out. How? So chic. <laughs> so chic. And it is, you know, something I want to step into more is being more thoughtful about my style and yes. being more mindful about it because it can really feel empowering. And it's like an untapped expression. Yes. I think I've... I could have really a lot of fun if I had time to just Same. fucking curate. A dope-ass outfit. I got best dressed in high school. (laughs) So long ago. So long. (laughs) The the pool was small in Ohio. Okay. Deeper quest. Favorite thing about being a woman? My favorite part about being a woman is the way that we see people Mm. is unparalleled. The way that women see other women as like the... three-dimensional beings or the multi-dimensional beings are like, is so powerful. And the ways in which that I've been seen by women has been so profoundly healing for me Mm. to like just see me for who I am and see me for what I can be and then see me for the person that I was all at the same time in the same experience is like so powerful. And I feel like men have been a great teacher for me. And I've always found solace in men and male relationships, but like there's nothing like the deep friendship and love of a woman, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking that in because mm-hmm. it's really so true. It's and true. I think we forget that we have that power, mm-hmm. you know, in our relationships that it's like, that is, because most people are healing with some sort of female friendship yes. or friendship or family, whatever it is. So um, I love that one. My favorite part about being a woman is my hips. Yes. Um, my hips don't laugh. <laughs> my curves. Um, I think I just love the range. Mm-hmm. I love the range of a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love like, and I think as I get older, I'm owning more parts of my range. I think growing up, it was like, keep it together. But now I love... I love the days where I am feeling all of my feelings and I feel like I want to cry. And then days like today where I'm kind of like, I'm a little blank and whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm like, it's so cool how every day is just this different experience, different expression. I'm drawn to different things. I'm drawn to different different forms of creativity. I'm drawn to different foods. I'm drawn to different people. I'm drawn to being alone one day. And then I'm drawn to being like, I want to be out. I want to be with people. And it's just, I think we allow ourselves to do that. Um, I think the in goal a way that's, is to allow ourselves. Yes. Yeah. In a way that's like just super graceful and natural. A hundred percent. Yeah. So when, when we're, we're like the ocean, that, baby. Yes. Can kill you. Yes. <laughs> We can freaking take you yeah, on the can, riptide. Yeah, we can throw you back out. <laughs> we can put sand in you your butt drown crack. in you or we can feed you. <laughs> um, okay, last question. Um, well, okay, which one do you want to do? This one or this one? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. this this actually let's do both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. We're gonna do All two right. more. We're gonna do two more. Would love an update on your drinking in moderation. Yes. I think some people are doing sober October. Yes. We went out to dinner with friends the other night. Um, You're actually doing drinking October, right? Yes. And they were doing sober October and they were like, we're going to be a cheap date. We're doing sober October. And then they weren't on our date. Oh, because I was buying dinner. So bought them dinner and it wasn't freaking sober October. Um, And Justin too was like, I'm going to do sober October. And then was like drinking. He's like, oh, I forgot. I'm like, okay. But just so, so for background, we've, We've done episodes on this. We did a really beautiful episode about being sober curious with Ruby Warrington. And I've talked about my experience and my journey with drinking over the years. I drank um, in college. I didn't really drink that much in high school, kind of experimented, didn't really love it. Drank in college, drank after and stopped drinking um, from around 26 to 29, 30. And then in the past year have brought alcohol back in. I'll maybe have a drink a month or, or two drinks a month. So I'll have drinks just like whenever I'm around it or whenever I want it. And I'll just have them more moderately. But for me, it was really healing to remove alcohol from my life for for a period of years. And I've always kind of done extreme measures like with different types of, of ways to heal. And I just got the call to stop drinking when I was living in Chicago and then really just brought it through uh, for the next couple of years and was able to find myself more clearly, was able to um, connect with myself more deeply, was able to meditate more frequently, was really able to take my life to the next level by taking out that mm-hmm. depressant, you know, that yeah. was really holding me back. And so I highly recommend if someone is feeling the pull to try and go sober for as long as you can. And then, you know, just bringing it back has been, has been just fine. Yeah, totally fine. But I will say about, you know, removing it just on that point too. Something else that it really helped to provide clarity for me on besides my spiritual path and my connection to self was also relationships. And a lot of the programming that I had grown up with and a lot of the ways in which there were parts of my life that were normalized and there were practices in my life that were normalized, such as drinking, that were really hindrances for my growth. And whether that was being in situations where everyone was kind of depressed, you know, Mm -hmm. in Ohio, people would kind of like find community in feeling depressed. It was like misery loves company for sure. And that was normal. Or everyone would just kind of sit around and that was normal. Everyone would drink and that was normal. Everyone would have all these practices that I did for most of my life. And drinking was really normalized. Mm. And really like the experiencing uh, experience of completely stuffing your emotions with alcohol as your numbing mechanism was completely normalized. And men did it, women did it, everyone really did it for so long. And I think this happens outside of Ohio too. It can happen really anywhere. But by removing that numbing mechanism really helped me find clarity in myself and then also my relationships. Because sometimes you're just hanging out with people who party, who drink, you're hooking up with people that party and drink. So it can be a really, really intense purifier for a lot of areas in our life that you don't think about. Yeah. I um I would drink a lot in my 20s, like early mid 20s and late 20s, and it's interesting. I met Sean during that time. So like 8 years ago we met, and I remember thinking I could never be with him because he doesn't drink that much. Mm. Like literally wow. I had that thought. And now you know, we he drinks, I drink, but it's 
it is so in moderation and so not for the purpose of getting fucked up. Like can't afford to do that anymore. My body just does not work like that. But it's kind of cool because I've just found with him, with friends, especially living out in LA where it doesn't feel like as much of a pressure to drink all the time that like, I can have so much fun and I don't need to drink. Like if that sounds stupid and you're like, yeah, duh, like that's what we learn. But it's, no, it's really true. true. Like you realize that you don't need the default, like drink in hand, wine glass in hand. Of course, it's so nice every once in a while. But for me, it was, I just noticed that I was blank. I was not creative. I was not showing up for the things that I said I wanted to be showing up for. Like just goal-wise, creatively. And so to your point of just kind of creating this like, it it was a purifier to not drink as much and to have just a clearer vessel for all things, Mm -hmm. literally for the thoughts, the emotions, the creativity, everything to come through. And it's just such a noticeable difference that I could never, I really could never go back yeah. That, you know what I mean? Like I love it so much that the clarity so much that like going back to drinking that quantity that frequently, I don't I don't know. Like I I, I wouldn't recognize Mm-mm. my life, you know. Um but obviously easier said than done. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is alcohol is extremely addictive mm-hmm. and it's like Yeah, I've never I've never struggled in my family with it. So I can't, you know, I'm speaking mm-hmm. to someone that drank to get, you know, drink mm-hmm. in the way that I did. I never had, you know, addiction in my family. Yeah. So that is one thing. Um, also too, with the drinking, you know, not even talking about the effects that it has on your health. Oh. Like my skin, Oof. your digestion, like your liver. It's like so many things too. And when you eat with it, your body's unable to digest the food. There's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, that goes on too from a health perspective, um, outside of the spiritual, outside of the emotional. And then too, you know, in your relationships, it's like, I would remember. Mm, yeah, that was the other thing. You know, I just remember when I started to, to stop drinking, I was like, dude, everyone's always fighting. Why is everyone, everyone would fight all the time. I'm like, everyone's crying. Everyone's fighting. Everyone's not saying what they mean or saying something that they would say if they were sober. You know, people are kind of acting out of character or in in just these ways that I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to live an unintentional life in that way where I feel like I'm speaking in a way that doesn't make sense or is unclear or is on, on, bridled emotion, you know, is in from mm-hmm. an emotional place. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, I didn't want to do that either. I also noticed related to relationships, like I would just, anytime in recent years that I would drink more than normal, it would almost trigger something in me of like early twenties, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like it would be kind of a triggering. I would either revert back to you know, either a belief or like Mm -hmm. a story I told myself or a habit, whatever. So it was interesting that like that drinking habit, because it was so prominent at that time in my life also would stir up some like old stuff. Wow. Even though it had no like Mm -hmm. ground in the present. Wow. Yeah. I could totally see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But for, you know, for people that want to stop and find it to be hard because, you know, all their friends drink or they're in these social situations where people aren't drinking. I will say too, to encourage you that when I did stop drinking, I had 
more people that wanted to talk to me about not drinking and how they wanted to not drink than people that were like, why aren't you drinking? Mm-hmm. More people were, insp- I don't want to say inspired because it seems like egotistical to say people were inspired by it, but more people were curious and like excited to talk to me about it and wanting to not drink than I would have ever thought. Yep. It was like giving people the permission to not drink was incredibly liberating. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, now I'm drinking in moderation and just with intention. And right now I'm really trying to just really release any yes, no ideas that I have on my life in any way. So whether that's with food or whether that's with drinking or whether that's with um, the way that I work or whether that's the way that I operate in relationships, I don't want to always come in with the preconceived notion that I always do something and just be present for whatever is. Yep. Last question. Last question. What is your most recent intuitive insight or download? What's yours? I've been writing a lot lately, which actually helps even though it's like the hardest thing Mm. for me to do for some reason. And I don't know what you would call this, but just this, this understanding of... I kind of feel like the chaos in the world is like causing a strange peace within me. Mm. And... There is this, it almost feels like a, um, hmm. it almost feels like this time is like stopped time for me where I don't feel the pressure to do things in a certain period of time. And so like, I'm really just settling into what actually like makes, I mean, for lack of a better word, like makes my heart sing rather than feeling like, okay, I should do this by this time and I should do it this way because this is what the world expects and expects, and this is what it's doing because everything's being flipped on its head. I kind of feel this like freedom and permission to just do for the sake of, mm-hmm. because it lights me up, because it just makes me happy. And so it's just interesting that it's, during this time when everything just feels so out of control Mm -hmm. or unpredictable or unknown that I'm finding so much clarity. And so I've just tried to think about in the micro when that happens. So if I'm feeling like there's a lot of chaos either in relationship or, or conversations or in something we're trying to solve with the business, it's like, okay, is there something so clear within this? Is there something so, so clear that we can take from this? Mm. So yeah. Love that. That's a good one. Keep talking. I'm going to widen the lens. <laughs> I was thinking about the my kittens. Those are an intuitive hit. You know, earlier this year in March, I had the hit to foster two little baby kitties from Stray Cat Alliance here in Los Angeles, who is, I'm, I swear I'm the number one donator to now. Um, and I'm, I've been allergic to cats for the past eight years. We grew up with cats. We would, we would like foster cats all the time. We had like, at one point we had like six cats, not in our house, but outside we would like just feed these like unwed kitties. And so unwed, um, unwed. yeah, my mom called them the home for unwed kitties. I don't know oh, what that cute. means. Like unwed. We had Makes actually, sense. So we had our normal house and we had this little dog house that we got and it was a replica of our big house. <laughs> this is hilarious. And we'd put a heating pad in it and we'd like have heating pad oh, for the kitties outside and we'd feed cute. them. And so we 
I wanted to get kittens and we were like, let's foster. We can foster and see. Justin goes and picks them up. He brings them home and I'm allergic. So we're thinking that we might not be able to keep them. We wanted to try. And I said the whole time, I'm like, I'm going to get over my allergy. Like Mm. I'm going to, this allergy is going to be gone. I'm not going to be allergic anymore. And he was like uh, hesitant to love the kittens because he was like, oh, I think we're going to have to give them away. My allergies were horrible. I think Mm -hmm. even on the episodes that we recorded, I'm so nasally, I'm sneezing all the time. And I just felt unwell for the first like week. And after doing um, some visualization meditations and doing a lot of prayer and just really sitting with the fact of like within like law of one unity consciousness, like those cat, those cats are me. I am those cats. We mm-hmm. are one. And accepting whatever love that they're bringing into my life fully in my body and in my being. I think after two weeks, I'm no longer allergic. So I knew that I could, I had the intuitive hit that I could get over my allergy with cats. And I had the intuitive hit that we should be getting cats. And now, you know, we have our two um, kitten babies and I have no allergies. That's amazing. Yeah. And they bring so much. They're it's the like it's like another the best layer. It's amazing. It's so fun. It's another love of layer. Love. I know our little babies. They're so sweet. I know they're so sweet. So highly recommend Stray Cat Alliance if anyone's looking to adopt kittens, and then visualization meditations if you have an allergy, and really just accepting the lesson and love for whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I want to hear your guys. I think that'd be super fun. Mm-hmm. Whatever your recent... Post, yeah. yeah. We're going to do that on Instagram. Whatever your recent intuitive hit or download was, we will do a post on that so we can all share in community what we're working on and what we're working with. So thank you guys so much for joining Lindsay and I. This has always been um, one of our favorite episodes to record. We Truly. love hanging with you so much. Um, we have two more Ask Me Anything episodes you guys can listen to right now. We have more coming on the way. We have episodes every Tuesday, Thursday. And if you love this one, make sure to send with a friend. Send to a friend. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You can learn more almost30.com. You can uh, go to our shop, shopalmost30.com for merch, for workbooks, for courses and workshops. Uh, follow us on Instagram, almost 30 podcast. I'm at Lindsay Simsic. And I'm at It's Krista. We're almost 30 on all socials. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.